Welcome to the 410th episode of the Jamie Delaney Plant-Based Wellness Podcast. My name is Jamie Delaney and I'm your host. I'm a plant-based cardiologist and endurance athlete living in Southwest Florida. Welcome and thank you for listening. Well, the last couple of weeks I've talked more about endurance than plants, so this week I'm going to talk more about plants and I actually have a guest, Doug Evans, who wrote the Sprout book. And, you know, I think I mentioned before on a previous podcast that after the hurricane, we lost our tower garden fell over. We lost these beautiful pepper plants, and we lost some mango trees and some papayas and um, lost the raised garden, some of the things that were herbs that were in the, in the raised garden. It was pretty disappointing that, you know, had nothing growing for a little bit. I'm pleased to report that the miraculous dragon fruit, which has never had a fruit, has a fruit on it. So I believe that the 150-mile-an-hour gale force winds self-pollinated a dragon fruit. So that's growing. The mango trees are getting new leaves. And it's amazing that there, the, there was one mango that was cut off right at the base. And the way the new little branches are coming out is exactly the way the older tree looked like. So it's, it's quite amazing to see the resiliency of plants and how things are coming back. The papayas, there were some papayas that held on through the storm, but the tree lost its leaves. The leaves are back. Um, the bananas are probably four feet tall at this point, coming back. One mango tree actually even bloomed. I'm not sure what's going to happen there. The tower garden has been replanted. We have tomatoes that are actually starting to bloom, pepper plants that are very close to blooming, a lot of arugula, cilantro. So things are, things are coming back, tomato plants in the raised beds, daikon radishes. If you've never grown daikon radishes and you like radishes, they're really easy to grow. Seem like they're like growing a weed, they go so fast. And some other hot pepper plants down there uh, even have some pigeon peas going. So, you know, one thing that the hurricane taught me is that um, plants are very resilient and they, bat and they bounce back even though mother nature can be very cruel. And I think that's a really good lesson to learn, you know, that we need to go with the flow a lot more than we probably do. I was speaking to someone today in the office and, you know, as humans, we're inside in a climate controlled environment. Um, we expect things to go just as though they're planned. We don't want bumps in the road. We've lost our resiliency. And sometimes it takes um, Mother Nature to kind of, you know, yank us back into reality. It's one of the reasons why I like endurance running and even the longer because it, it brings you to a raw level of um, having to troubleshoot and to do things that you probably wouldn't have done and uh, adjust to conditions that you probably wouldn't have chosen to adjust to on a regular basis. So we can learn a lot from just observing nature. Nevertheless, being an impatient human that I am, I wanted some immediate plant results after the hurricane. So even microgreens can take seven to 10 days to start to sprout and to grow into microgreens. And it could be, you know, one and a half to two weeks before they're edible. So I decided to get the sprouting jars out because in a couple days you can get some sprouts going and um, get the nutrients, nutrient-dense little plant um, into your system, and it's a, another really good way to, to get a big dose of nutrients in a small package and get some immediate results. So I got my sprouting uh, jars out, and I had some broccoli sprouts and some Brussels sprouts, 
sprouts and some radish and those work pretty good and then I didn't really read the directions and uh, put some arugula out and arugula turns out those seeds are kind of gelatinous like chia seeds so they're not really good for a sprouting jar so you know I said I think I have a book on sprouts I need to to look back into so I, I got the uh, my a book out that I, I got a while back uh, the sprout book by Doug Evans and I started reading it and um, fell in love with sprouts again so I thought well you know it's a good idea just to have the author on himself and we can talk about the beauty of sprouts and how you can add them to your nutrition every day and get some big doses of antioxidants and phytonutrients at a very low cost and very low effort. So I will make uh, some show notes to where you can find Doug Evans, but his book is The Sprout Book. And uh, it actually is a very good book. It, it has a section in it where you can... Um, see the germination of different seeds as well as uh, the time it takes and what medium you should use, whether you should use, um, you know, something that you're going to do more of a microgreen or where you can sprout jar or sprout on an uh, unbleached paper towel. Uh, most recently, I am trying bamboo mats um, to do some microgreen spout sprouting. I've used coconut coir in the past, but uh, I thought I'd give these a try. But he's on Instagram as the Sprout, um, Doug Evans, uh, the Sprout Book, Tim, and he's on TikTok as well as the Sprout Whip Whiz. So I'll make um, some uh, reference to that in the uh, show notes. So without further ado, uh, let's have a conversation with Doug. All right. Well, thank you, Doug Evans, for taking my call this evening. Um, you know, before we get started, um, you know, I'm a plant-based cardiologist in Southwest Florida. And I think- I, you, I love that, by the way. Congratulations. Thank you. And I actually teach a nutrition course. Um, right now it's once a week, but usually it's twice a week. And I cook something and we talk about the nutrition aspect of it. And we have, uh, we're diving into sprouts. So uh, what better way to dive into sprouts than to look at the sprout book? Wow. Well, I appreciate that. And I love that you're doing the work. When I hear cardiologist and plant-based in one sentence, <laughs> I actually feel like there's hope um, for the planet. Well, thank you. Um, I was a traditional cardiologist for many years, and it wasn't until I, um, well, actually, one of my techs um, in a cath lab um, was eating this giant salad one day, and that's how I discovered a diet for New America and, you know, eating vegan and plant-based. And then Dr. Esselstyn, his program, um, you know, to reverse heart disease in his patients at the Cleveland Clinic um, gave me the idea and the, I should say, courage perhaps to change my practice. And it's been, you know, I think two, since 2017, we've been full-time plant-based nutrition in our practice. So people come to us that want to take their health back. Um, people that don't want to be on medications, that don't want traditional surgeries, bypass, and, you know, so forth. And we show them a better way. And that has led to people with cancer contacting us, people with autoimmune diseases, um, obviously diabetes and high cholesterol is part of the gamut with cardiovascular disease. So 
it's opened up a whole new world for me. And um, so the idea of this podcast is to get the word out and, you know, to give people hope that there is a better way of doing it. And we just came through, um, I've done microgreens in the past and, you know, I'm on and off, on and off and on and off. And we just went through a category five hurricane down here in Florida and it destroyed my gardens. I had a tower garden. I had raised beds gardening going and it was disappointing. And it's like, you know, I got to get something going quick. And so I was like, I'm going to start sprouting and we'll get the microgreens going and, and give myself a head start. And so that really got me back involved with sprouting. And I grabbed your book and it's like, you know, I got to have this is so exciting. I got to have Doug on the podcast. So welcome. Well, I am glad to be here. And you are a living example of someone who's well-trained, well-educated, hearts in the right place and willing to make changes and to share, to share information, because this is what gives me hope. So um, thank you for having me. And I think what you described uh, about sprouts and you backed into it is that you can grow sprouts without soil, without sunshine, without fertilizer, and you can grow them in days. And they are a miracle food. Like there's something in the sprouts that is, the, the numbers don't add up. So for example, you take a seed and you add water and it's exposed to air and you do a little hocus pocus and you soak them and then you rinse them. And then somehow it transforms itself from a dry dormant seed to a living vegetable. And in that process, it's doubling the antioxidant levels, tripling the vitamin C, quadrupling the fiber and new nutrients and new uh, minerals and vitamins that did not exist in the seed have appeared. So something is truly magical about this. And there's enough fuel and energy in the seed itself to grow for about a week without the fertilizer or without sunshine or without soil. So there's, there's this magical stage that can happen. After about a week, the sprouts now have roots and root hairs and they're seeking minerals and they're seeking additional water and they need to be planted or a sprouting medium or fertilizer. And then they need sun. Like it's interesting, sprouts in that one week period do fine with daylight. After the week, they then require sun for photosynthesis because the structure of the sprout is more mature and now will require additional items. But there's something really magical about sprouts. And to be able to do that in your own home, uh, even if there's not a hurricane, is like, I don't have a hurricane, um, but I just have been growing the sprouts. And um, that's why I wrote the book, because I saw this out of necessity for me, because I was living not only in the desert, I was living in a food desert. 
And if I wanted to be healthy and if I wanted to live plant-based, um, I decide I would need to grow my own food. And here we are. It, it is truly magical. And, and I heard you speak on another podcast and, you know, um, the big light went off for me when, you know, we talked about, well, the seed has all these nutrients and that's the seed has, it doesn't get any, it, it you know, a head of broccoli does not have more seed, more nutrients than the broccoli seed. The broccoli seed actually and the sprout actually have more nutrients. And so you can eat a whole lot more broccoli sprouts than you can heads of broccoli. And so you're so much further ahead of the game by eating these things. And then again, you know, take it one step further, you're eating these things raw. So we're not destroying the nutrients in the vegetable and it, and it just makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's, it is interesting as the plant does get bigger, right? It will be gaining more vitamin C. It will be gaining more soluble and insoluble fiber. Key phytonutrients and key isothiocyanates like glucoraphanin, those are finite in the seed. They're finite in the seed. And the reason why we sprout versus eating the seed is because when you soak and sprout and germinate the seed, you remove the phytic acids, you remove the uh, enzyme inhibitors, and you are facilitating the process to make something more bioavailable. So that's why we don't just eat the seeds because seeds may be hard to digest, but these tender young vegetables are like the stem cells um, in our modern day society. We think about smaller, younger, tender things are the most nutrient compact and dense. And I give the example, if you look at alfalfa hay is what they're feeding horses. Every stalk of hay came from a seed and that seed evolved through um, the sprouting process. And if you were to eat the hay, you'd get insoluble fiber and roughage and you may be able to extract some nutrients and your microbiome may feed on that fiber. But in our development, the consumption of the alfalfa sprouts would be giving us this whole range of micronutrients, phytonutrients, polyphenols, bioflavonoids, soluble, insoluble fiber, as well as the amino acids to form complete proteins. I'm sold. <laughs> I think in, in you know, People go, you know, in today's society, you know, the, the, um, they, so what about powders? You know, everybody comes into my office and they say, you know, I say, you know, you should eat beets and beetroot. Um, and I say, what about beet powder? And, you know, there are green powders out there and, you know, pills with, you know, broccoli in them. Um, but again, we don't know how, you know, they're processed so, so far down the road. And there's actually a study looking at as you either um, freeze, freeze dry and then make a powder or, you know, simple heat dehydrate or boil things, you lose a lot of the nutrients. So, you know, we, again, there's nothing more easy than doing these sprouts once you kind of get the jars going, so to speak. Um, 
What's your yeah. favorite? You know, I, I watched a video. You do a lot of things, and I started doing what you do. Um, I have the mason jars with the lids on my in a in a dish drainer, and I found that that's actually a very easy way to get a rotation started, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that given a choice, if you could take pure green um, vegetables and either freeze dry them or dehydrate them and eat them in that pure form, they're, they're better than, you know, having some whey protein or some processed things with additives, preservatives, colors um, put into them. Given the opportunity to have something that's fresh, a fresh living vegetable, like that's magic. And what, what people, you know, when we compare fresh sprouts versus say organic greens that you're buying or market stage vegetables that you're buying in the grocery store or the health food store. Those are minimum days old. They could be weeks old from the time they were actually pulled out of the ground and disconnected to their root structure. So when you're consuming sprouts, you are consuming the root, the shoot, the endosperm, the embryo, the entire plant. Like there's nothing more whole food than eating a sprout. Like if you're eating a grape, you're eating the whole grape, but you're not eating the stem and the root structure and the connection to the earth. So with sprouts, you're eating the whole, the whole plant. So that's another part. The second thing about eating the sprouts is you're eating them at time of harvest. So you actually are getting a fresh harvest when the plant is at its peak nutrition. Like that's even hard to process intellectually. So what, what I do is I have right now six jars going. I love using the dish tray and I love having the glass jars and to be able to grow them in glass, um, which is a beautiful material um, and water, uh, it's this victory garden on your countertop. Absolutely. And, you know, to be clear and to, you know, educate a little bit, um, you just don't want to grab any bean off the shelf or seed from the Home Depot, so to speak. Right. We're looking for a particular product. So we want an organic uh, source. Uh, we don't want something that's been chlorinated. So you want to talk a little bit about, you know, how we should go about picking the yeah. seeds that we want to germinate. I, I think that we want to use organic seeds that were sold and bred, so to speak, for sprouting. And they will look the same as the other seed. The difference is the care and attention that goes into them. So a sprouting seed is tested, um, should be tested for high germination rates and they should be tested for organic and they should be tested for pathogens. And so if you're starting with that, you will be in much better, much better shape. Now, I have people that 
um, reach out to me from all around the world, from small tribes um, and remote villages in Africa. And they don't, you know, they're, they, they're lucky to have any seed whatsoever. And so in that case, you wanna use the best thing that you have access to. And if you're just randomly getting seeds, then I recommend going through a sanitation process with a rapid oxidizer, which could be hydrogen peroxide, it could be hypochlorous acid, it could be sodium hypochloride, AKA chlorine bleach, Clorox, and you basically want to surface sanitize the seeds so that if there was mold or fungus or bacteria or potentially a pathogen on them, they would be eliminated or reduced. And then you rinse off that agent two or three or four times and you'll have no trace of you know, that cleansing agent. And then you proceed with your soaking and germinating and sprouting process. And, and why you bring that up, you know, I mean, a lot of people, um, they think quickly to grocery sprouts and contamination and recalls and so forth. Um, but, you know, you alluded to in your book, when you look at outbreaks, um, you know, and the numbers, it's, a, it's minuscule compared to fish or to beef or chicken. Um, you know, and even turkey, we're coming into Thanksgiving and I always like to throw the turkeys under the bus or let them fly free. And, you know, I mean, the turkey, the contamination, you know, is, is extremely high and most people only eat turkey, you know, once a year or so. So when we look at, you know, yes, sprouts can be contaminated, especially if they're become old or they're on the grocery store shelf or whatever. But when you're, you know, you're doing your own, um, sprouts as you talk to, and especially if you're, you know, you're clean about doing it. Um, the risk is very, very low. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's basically a non-issue. You know, I've studied and I'm, I actually have a paper coming out um, later this year. So before the end of the year, peer-reviewed published paper um, where we reviewed food safety data for the last 24 years, um, hospitalizations, outbreaks, deaths, and the, the numbers for sprouts are so encouraging and there's virtually no reported cases of um, any serious illness or um, death or hospitalizations from homegrown sprouts. The, the, the cases that did occur were predominantly in food service with cross-contamination, non-organic um, in fast food restaurants. Um, and so, it's it's such a non-issue. What happens is that there is no, there hasn't been prior to today, a real voice for sprouts. That that, that there have been many predecessors um, before me who were well aware of the magical nutritional properties. Um, Ann Wigmore, Victorus, uh, Brian Clement, Steve Meyerwitz, and. They, these people were the pioneers, but they were doing this prior to social media, prior to having the extensive data and the research that came out of Johns Hopkins and the other um, institutions and other um, research facilities around the world, basically 
exemplifying the nutritional power and the safety of sprouts. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, you know, when you think about it, why, why aren't sprouts in every hospital cafeteria, <laughs> you know? Um, well, I, I do know why. Uh, it took me over a year to just get a plant-based menu in our local hospitals, but, um, you know, it, it, it makes perfect sense to, you know, um, if you, if you want to talk health, you need to talk sprouts. And from a cost standpoint, um, again, really cheap, right? You know, you uh, alluded to um, really sense, sense for uh, bean sprouts, you know, for a cup of bean sprouts and, uh, you know, sent, they, and you take a half a cup and, you, you know, a lot of times it's doubled um, the, the, the amount of sprouts that you get. So it's really an economical food as well. Yeah, look, I, I think that we're going to see 2023 um, more and more, like at some point, um, kale became a thing and, and coconut water became a thing, right? And even triple washed bagged salad greens became a thing. So I believe that now that the information is out there and there's never been more of a need for high quality plant-based nutrition. And you're dealing with people that have already kind of crossed the line of health. Like they've reached a point of health degradation and now you have to do rehabilitation um, with them. But we're in a society where two thirds of America is either overweight or obese, right? Um, there's 90 plus million people that are pre-diabetic and half of them don't even know that they're pre-diabetic because they're not measuring their A1C or their, their fasting um, blood sugar level. You have 30 million plus people that are diagnosed that are uh, diabetic. And we know, I mean, you're a cardiologist. You know that if people lose the weight um, boost up their phytonutrients and their fiber content, they can reverse their type two diabetes. I mean, right. It, and you can reverse your heart disease Absolutely. and you can, you can clearly reverse your, your obesity. And what happens is that um, we live in a society that is prescriptive to keep people in a homeostasis state they're just trying to keep them alive and going and allowing them to live the same lifestyle that almost killed them. And now maybe they'll pull back a little bit, but if they were to simply change their behavior and focus more on high quality plant-based nutrition and sprouts are the lowest cost, most nutritious, easily accessible way to do that. Um, wow. You know, I'm not going to say the hospitals will be empty, but the the amount of people that are on stents that that are getting stents that are on statins that are on blood thinners, um, these are all lifestyle diseases. Absolutely, um, and you know, again, so it's you know two to three days you have your sprouts and, uh, you know, once you get your rotation going. So, um, 
you know, I've started, you give me some hints, but I, I've got um, two or three uh, greens. So maybe broccoli, Brussels going, and then I have a couple beans going and then I rotate them. So I've done peas, um, I've done lentils. Um, I'm trying soybeans right now for the first time. I got azuki beans getting ready to go. So I've got a combination of greens and beans that I add to my um, salads each day. Amazing. Like, you know, you're going to live forever, right? <laughs> I mean, my food philosophy is that everything you put in your mouth is a life or death decision. And you want to raise your standards in such a way that you are consuming higher quality nutrition and, you know, being present. I, I say, I say all the time, you know, to my family and my friends that, that, and by the way, the influence is interesting. It used to be, you know, you tell a friend or family member what to do. They have gross aversion to it. There's something about sprouts that are so easy, so seductive, so delicious, nutritious, and obvious that people are coming to it and say, oh God, why didn't I do this? I like to do this. I'm growing sprouts. And, you know, it's reflected in all walks. Like, you know, I have gross aversion to certain aspects of addictive technology, right? And the fact that you log into um, TikTok and they're immediately seeing what's in your clipboard and following your every movement, et cetera. Like I didn't want to be anywhere near there. And then as a public service, that the, the, the amount of people that were on that platform consuming things that were non-sprout related, I said, I need to get some sprouts into that mix. I need to plant some seeds. And believe it or not, I've had 25 videos on TikTok go viral and have up to four and a half million views. And so people are interested in this. No, I, I think it, it is great because I'm kind of smiling. Um, it's then because it's just talking, people's like, yeah, I think I'll give it a try. And it is something that'll catch on a lot more than, you know, when you say you have a raised bed garden or you have something else, people think it was, I don't want to go outside or I want to do this. I don't want to play with the dirt, but the sprouts, you know, everybody's willing to give it a try. So I think it's, it's, you know, it's, it's really cool in a way to, again, get your kickstart your nutritional program. And I think if you start eating the sprouts, it's you're, like you say, there's, it's such a nutritional pack. You, you really don't want anything else. And I, I so look forward to it. Tell me a little bit about, um, I, I have not done oat groats or buckwheat groats. And I was reading a little bit today that, um, especially with the oats, the process of taking the hulls off can then decrease the germination rate. So maybe buckwheat groats is a better way to go as far as the grain. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think the thing with with buckwheats, the 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 hulls are insoluble fiber, so they're they're hard to digest. But once they're soaked, um, they break down, and they're actually pretty good for the microbiome. So the microbiome likes to chew on them. In for, for most people starting out, I would recommend things that are simpler where the hulls are much more digestible, like mung beans, like even the soybeans, like 
all the different peas and lentils. So I would, I would keep things simple because if people start and something is hard, um, they may quit too soon. So I, I rarely, you know, I know I cover them in my book, but I really like to keep things simple for people to start. I recommend broccoli sprouts as a longevity food, alfalfa sprouts as a iceberg lettuce, romaine lettuce replacement, and then lentils or peas um, for easy access to proteins and something crunchy and filling. And you mentioned you have a zuki going. They're the most uh, calorically dense um, of, of the sprouts that you can have. And then um, you can grow into, you know, other specialty items. Like, you know, it's, it's interesting. I talk frequently about um, sprouting flax and chia. And they are an incredible source of ALA and the medium chain fatty acids. And when you have enough of them, the body actually um, synthesizes them and makes EPA and DHA um, out of them. Or you can add seaweed with it, nori, to further balance it out and live you know, a healthy plant-based uh, diet. Very, 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 very cool. I um, also saw in your book, uh, I'm an ultra marathon runner, where um, you made reference to a guy that actually did an ultra marathon fueled by sprouts. Oh, yeah. This was a guy who was morbidly obese. Oh, really? I, oh, yeah. He was morbidly obese. I met him under a waterfall in Bali. And in a five minute walk from the waterfall back to you know, where his car was parked, um, I gave him the sprout download. And then he did 30 days of just sprouts. And then he did his marathon and then his ultra marathon fueled on sprouts. And so many, like, I, I mean, it, it's interesting. I'm a nonviolent guy, right? I have no weapons. I'm nonviolent. Um, I don't go to fights. I don't, like, I even think football is dangerous because of the levels and rates of concussion um, that the athletes are getting. The amount of professional fighters, MMA um, um, practitioners, jujitsu, taekwondo, boxers that follow me and that are sprouting now is unbelievable. Like they just, the professional athletes, they get tuned in, it makes sense. They start to grow the sprouts and their, their energy level, their performance, their recovery um, are just doing incredibly well. Well, and you also made mentions that I thought was very interesting, the sulforaphanes that are in broccoli sprouts and, and some of the other sprouts um, have a lot of anti-inflammatory properties for the brain. Um, so, yeah. you know, um, potential roles were dementia. So would also be head trauma would, would, uh, and autism. We know there's a great gut brain access there. So, you know, it makes sense for a professional athlete to have a lot of sprouts in, in their diet. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's really exciting. And it goes back to us dietary guidelines recommend seven to 13 servings of fruits and vegetables every day. And 
with sprouts, you can easily achieve them, you know, for a couple dollars a day that you're getting fresh organic vegetables grown at home, super nutritious, super delicious and filling. And so what, what one has to do is literally just open up to the possibility that um, they, there could be a different way to live. And, you know, people like you, you know, I had a, a post that went viral on, on TikTok with over a million views about my brother going to the cardiologist and the cardiologist telling him to eat salmon, right? And so um, my brother said, well, hold on a second, let me just call my brother because we're plant-based, I'm vegan. And so my brother puts the cardiologist on the phone and I said, what, what, he doesn't need salmon. He goes, oh, he needs omega-3 um, fatty acids. I said, well, he can, where does the salmon get it from? And there was silence. And then I said, algae. And he said, right. So I said, so we could easily just feed my brother um, alfalfa, um, a flax seeds, chia, flax sprouts, chia sprouts, and nori seaweed and he'd be getting EPA, DHA, and ALA. And he says, that's right. And I was like, okay, well, nice to talk to you, doctor. <laughs> and so do, do you think like he's gonna recommend his patients get off the statins and start sprouting? Maybe, maybe not. My brother gave him my book. So my brother was excited to give him my book. And you know, people read it, uh, it's infectious. I can't believe the book is in the 10th printing right now. Wow, nice. Well, I always look at people and when we talk salmon, I put them in two boxes and it's like an Amazon box. You know, if you get something in Amazon, it has all this packing in it. Well, that's what salmon. So there, yeah, there's some omega-3s in salmon, but they're also saturated fat, cholesterol, uh, PCBs, dioxins, mercury. So you have to do with something. But when you have your chia seed or your alfalfa sprout, you get the whole thing. There's nothing left. It's all nutrients. You can use it. There's no metabolic waste. So your body gets all the nutrients, but you don't have this junk pile that you have to, your body has to do something with, which is basically storing things. Um, I think, you know, protein is a big bugaboo out there these days. Um, there's a bit of a movement that, you know, older people need more protein. Um, of course, athletes need more protein and, um, we can't absorb plant protein. I, you know, obviously I disagree with all of these, but when, you know, people see, wow, you're eating just sprouts, how could you possibly be getting protein? But your sprouts have about 10 grams a cup, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It, it really depends on the variety, but you could have 10 or more grams of, of protein, um, bioavailable protein in azuki, in lentils, in uh, garbanzo beans. And look, I have people that um, are, were never eating sprouts. Like they didn't eat vegetables. And when they learned about sprouts and they did their own independent research, which I encourage everyone you know, to do, do your homework. They started to add sprouts to their diet. What do you think, um, Jamie, about the carnivore diet? Um, my, it's good for my dogs and it's good for cats, but not for humans. Um, it's a quick answer. No, um, you know, the carnivore diet one, the, the big, you know, 
the, the big thing I see right up front is where do you get your fiber? So your gut microbiome. So a dead animal that is decaying, you know, we talked about the lettuce being on the shelf for a week, but now we've got a piece of meat that's been, you know, even longer than that. And it's dead and dying and decaying. And then we take it in our body and it can't, you know, it takes another week to go through our system producing, um, you know, all kinds of inflammatory compounds and, and selecting for a gut microbiome that um, also produces inflammatory compounds. We don't have any fiber with it. Um, the carnivore diet, what people fail to realize is, you know, even my dogs can't just eat a piece of steak or a chicken breast. They have to have organ meat. They have to have bone, you know, in order to just eat those things. And so, a carnivore diet is no different from that as far as, you know, and most people find those things pretty gross uh, to have to consume. And then, of course, when you cook all those things, it makes, you know, it degrades the nutritional value. Most of those animals come from uh, factory farms where they've been given antibiotics. They've been raised on genetically modified uh, corn and soybeans. So they're highly inflammatory, packed with omega-6s, saturated fat and cholesterol. Um, so, you know, it's, and it's not sustainable. Our brains want to run on carbohydrates. Uh, even the, I saw um, one of the big carnivore um, doctor advocates, uh, I think is Saladino, um, is even eating honey now. Um, so obviously he's come around and realized- Yeah, he's eating honey and he's eating fruit. Yeah, so because he realizes his brain is not going to function, um, you know, on, on the way that they're they're eating. And again, I really don't know of any human. I don't know of anybody. Um, and you know, every, anybody that tells me they're a carnivore and they really like, you know, I hear that all the time. I like my meat. I like my meat. Um, but in order for them, none of those people are interested in eating that way. They, they want their steak slathered in, you know, garlic butter or whatever, but they're not going to eat those other products that they would need to survive. So it just becomes a, you know, a accumulation of metabolic waste. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to use your, um, your, your, what you said about it, that's good for dogs and cats. As a matter of fact, my dogs, you know, are vegan and they've been vegan for, you know, longest one was 18 years. And I just rescued three more and they've been, you know, on a vegan diet. So I think, you know, we're in a time where people can make their own decisions. And generally for people to change, they need to hit bottom or they need to go to their cardiologist and make a change and hear about something that's not working in their life. And the more plant-based cardiologists that are out there sharing this information, the greater opportunity people have to make changes. And, you know, as a medical doctor, you have so much influence on your patients. And I'd love to hear about you know, some success stories. Have you, have you talked to your patients about sprouting? Are you, are they sprouting? Yeah, we actually, we have uh, several people that have started uh, to, to do sprouts. Uh, several people are doing microgreens um, and, you know, are really, really enjoying it. We, 
um, you know, when I first decided to offer a plant-based nutrition course in my practice, we did it with, before my practice changed just as an evening nutrition course. So I would do a little bit of a whiteboard, give, make something fairly simple and talk about the benefits of plant-based nutrition. And I'll never forget, um, I, I had, so I would take my general patients and try to coerce them into coming to the nutrition class. And I had one guy that came to me and he was 80 years old and he um, had had a bypass and one of his bypass grafts had blocked and there's nothing to be done with it. And he was walking about three miles a day, but now he could walk about 25 yards before he got chest pain. And so I told him, I said, you know, there's this way of eating um, and if you give it a try, you know, you produce nitric oxide when you chew these greens and it dilates your blood vessels and you can open up some collateral circulation. And I think, I think, you know, it's, it's worth a shot. And it's really about all we have, we've got, you know, you're maximized on medications and it's not really doing the trick. So luckily his daughters decided to all hop on with him and started, you know, cooking for him. And it was a matter of weeks before he was back up to three miles a day. Um, most recent success story, a uh, person had an abdominal aortic aneurysm, got stented, um, clots from that caused a blockage in his lower leg. Uh, and this gentleman actually had been walking distances up to the marathon level. And all of a sudden he was getting claudication or pains in his leg when he walked, you know, just, um, you know, quarter of a mile. And we started him on eating greens before he went out for his walk. And now he's back up seven, 10 miles without any discomfort. Um, and, you know, the list goes on and on. Diabetic neuropathy, you know, during one of the classes, I saw this guy thinking and he's like, you know, since I've been doing this, I haven't had any diabetic neuropathy because you open up the little blood vessels to the, the nerves and the neuropathy gets better. So, you know, it was through seeing that it worked more so than reading that it worked, that I was convinced that, you know, this is, this is the way to go. I've never seen anything in my practice before to this degree. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's hard for people to realize or to think that the food that everybody eats is causing is the problem. And we are very good as a medical community of, um, no, it's, it's not your fault. It's just your, you know, it's just genetics here. Let me give you a pill and it'll be all right. And we'll, you know, and, you know, I always tell people all the medical buildings, you know, I'm in a place where there's an older population and medical building after medical building and giant facilities are springing up all over the place and more procedures and all this stuff, but it's not changing the health of people. You know, That's right. the simple little sprout is what can change the health of people. Right. Well, um, Dr. Delaney, I'm so grateful that you reached out to me and we had a little time together and I'd be very open to going deeper, you know, in the future, but I just want to thank you for you know, the work that you've done and the work that you're doing. And, you know, you're incredible as a high performance athlete, um, doing endurance work and, you know, taking the time to you know, go the road less traveled um, for yourself, your family, and your patients. Well, I'd like to thank you and encourage everybody to get the Sprout book. Um, it is, you know, I, I love the section where you have, you know, this sprout takes this long to germinate, do this, and this is the best way to do it. And it's very, very helpful. So anybody that's looking into sprouting, uh, this book's a, a must. Some of your videos uh, are also very, very good. Um, to, to, you know, if anybody has any apprehension, but you know, the biggest thing is like you've said, is just, just start, 
and uh, magic will happen. Exactly. Well, thanks again. And, um, you know, please stay in touch. I will. And, Thank you for taking time. Yeah. And uh, anyone who wants to sign up for my newsletter, it's www.thesproutbook.com. Okay. And I'm on Instagram at my name, Doug Evans. And I'm on TikTok. If you're on TikTok at Sprout Wiz, W-I-Z. Uh, and, you know, I answer most communication on Instagram. So feel free to comment or on a post or send a DM or sign up on the newsletter. Sounds good. All right. Uh, take care, doctor. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. My pleasure. Nice meeting you. Nice to meet you. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Doug Evans. He's certainly a wealth of knowledge about sprouts. I hope it encourages you to try some sprouts. Since our conversation with Doug, I've tried some of his recipes, and we actually did a carrot um, sprout salad from his book in our nutrition class, and it was excellent. I've also tried some buckwheat sprouts as well as alfalfa sprouts. Um, and I'm using the microgreens to do sunflower micro, or the, I'm sorry, the bamboo pads to do some microgreens with sunflower. So things are going good in my sprouting world. I'm doing, uh, his salads at lunchtime with sprouts and some sauerkraut and mixed greens and some cucumbers. So that's a lot of fun. So it's changed up my salad. I have a new favorite. So, um, I hope you can add some of the sprouts into your rotation, top your foods, top your soups. Um, but I think you'll find that uh, you want to eat more and more sprouts when you start. So good luck. If you have any questions for me, you can email me at jamie at drdelaney.com. If you have some interest in our practice and would like to be a part of what we do and learn movement and wellness and uh, get off some medications, run a marathon perhaps, uh, join us in Stewart, Florida to do the uh, Treasure Coast Marathon even. But you can check out the website at drdelaney.com, D-O-C-T-O-R-D-U-L-A-N-E-Y. I would love to hear from you. Um, feel free to share this with your friends. The more the merrier. Thank you again for listening. Tune in next week. Bye-bye.